Hi, Sal. How are you? How's the season going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, Obviously, struggled last weekend, but... You know, we have to just keep reminding ourselves because we started so early that like we've literally played six games. You played a season before the season. (laughs) Seriously, don't remind (laughs) us. But like, seriously, we're like, you know what? I know this feels like the middle of the season and like crunch time, but it's okay. We're taking some time to like heat up and figure out who we are type of thing. So, Mm yeah. You've been on Gotham for a while. You were on Gotham before it was Gotham, right? I was. Yeah, I think I was maybe a year and a half or two years at Sky Blue um, before we rebranded. And it's so funny, like, now we like the name Gotham, but at the time we're like, really, really, (laughs) Gotham? Like, y'all have to be kidding us. (laughs) Now we're like, Gotham, let's go! How, like, what has it been like to see the team evolve and grow, like, since you started there? Oh my gosh. Um, Has it been like this? Is it like this? Oh no, it's definitely been like this. Um, I'd say like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, had a few like big bumps in there, obviously with everything that went on with the league last year, but um, I mean, just night and day and it was like a huge credit to like our leaders now, like Yale has been incredible um as a GM like having somebody who's played in the league for so long and like we used to train together in our off seasons like a lot of a lot of players know her personally and I think that's like been huge for this transition she's very instrumental in like trying to get the player's perspective and like the stuff that really really matters to us we know we can go straight to her and so I think that's been like the biggest, biggest change for us. Like recently, it's just having somebody that we know, like knows what we're going through. She totally gets it. We don't really feel like we're um, complaining as much as it may feel like when you go talk to your GM, it's like kind of scary. But with her, it's just been amazing. So like the change from sky blue to now is crazy. We still have tons and tons of work to do, but like, seeing things actively getting done is really encouraging. Yeah. I love that you brought up how you have a player slash teammate who actually went into a higher role and is a GM now. And it just makes me think how important that is for players in the league when they retire to stay and stick with the game, Mm -hmm. because it just will only make it that much better. It's not like someone who can't relate to the players, you know, it's like they've been in your shoes and they know what needs to change. And they, I feel like there's more of a personal connection there. So it's just so cool to hear how well she's doing there because she really is an amazing person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so everyone step into the higher roles when you plan on (laughs) retiring. And that's the thing is like, um, she's really like opened the doors for us to like, especially as older players. I know around the locker room, we have, we have some older players on our team. And so like, we always have that next step on our mind, you know? Um, And like seeing her do it and do it so flawlessly and like, just do it with like everything she does is done with like the right intentions. It's not always perfect, but we know that like we, she truly has our backs and we're like looking around and we're like, well, who, why all these years have we expected random people to have our backs? Like we have to have our, each other's backs. That's always how it's been. And so 
I think a lot of like older players are thinking about how we can contribute to the league moving forward. And when that time comes to hang up the boots, like what, what roles um, we want to fill. So she's definitely opened the door for us thinking about that kind of stuff. You have many years before you hang up your boots, but if you <laughs> did, when you do, what would you want? Like, is there anything that you're passionate about off the field or do you want to stay in the game or you still like having ideas? Like, yeah. So I, this year got certified as a leadership and mental performance coach. Awesome. Uh, and I run a small business um, outside of soccer doing that, working with some college teams and individuals and stuff. And that has like really opened my eyes to like, all the possibilities of this. Um, and I don't know, like I could see myself as the GM of a league or as a team of a team, um, maybe a league, <laughs> um, of a team for sure. And like, it just really felt daunting because other GMs are like, oh, I've been in those, the business role for like a million years, you know? So like seeing y'all like step into this type of role, it really feels possible for us to like really start thinking about that stuff. But um, I would love to like be a a hands-on like performance coach for players, um, a liaison or somebody who the NWSL pays well to um, like go hang out around teams. And like, I just think the players see things differently than other staff members. And, um, I feel like that's been my strength also as a players and a leader on all of my teams has been like, I'm a, I'm an empathetic type of leader. And I, I like to create relationships with my teammates and I feel like I could serve a bigger role around the league doing something like that. So maybe create a role for myself. Um, but they'll be hearing from me when I'm ready. (laughs) And I feel like having the perspective of having played is just it's mm-hmm. it really makes sense for those people to be in the de- in the decision making roles because even all the time in, the, in not to say that one's better than the other or not but even having a male coach who's trying to understand female athletes unless you're going to go above and beyond out of your way to truly understand the perspective of the people that you're trying to represent it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to accurately re- represent them. That's why I think Yale does such a great job is because she literally was in everyone's cleats. Like mm-hmm. she, every freaking hard hardship and struggle that she faced and frustration and an issue that she wanted to fix, she literally faced it playing. So I think that makes her such a valuable leader. Like you're saying, I think that's something that will make you such a valuable leader when you decide to, you know, step out of the playing role and into, you know, a game changing role from a different uh, perspective, but I love that. Yeah. Thanks. That's exactly it. Like, I just think that there's so much stuff that goes on as a player that you're like, if this was just different, I know it seems small, but it can make a huge difference for like my everyday life or almost like my finances, like when it comes to like meals being provided and that kind of stuff, like, especially for the younger players who are on the minimum or whoever's like, not being paid. None of us are being paid what we're worth, but those little things that clubs provide make a huge difference, not only for like our everyday, like being at the training facility and like hanging with the team after, like we have to be fed and that kind of stuff, but like monetarily too, it's a huge, huge difference for those of us who don't make us women's national team money. So true. <laughs> no, it is the little things it adds up and it's just like, 
until you're in the, in that position, you don't realize it. And then once you get it, you're like, how did I not have this before? Like, it's something so simple, but that's awesome that you're thinking that way. How did you get into mental performance and leadership? Like what made you want to be a coach in that? Um, it's always been something I've been interested in. Like I remember there was a resource while I was in college, just like a sports psychologist. And although I felt like I was pretty like mentally tough, um, like that was something that I just wanted to learn more about. And so I'd go see her and just like talk through a bunch of stuff. And that was really helpful for me, but I've just randomly like found myself in leadership positions, even if it's not like official, um, and players come to me for advice and stuff. And I'm like, me, (laughs) me. Okay. I mean, I guess I'll tell you what I think, but like, it's not like I know what I'm talking about. And so I think that's what really like pushed me was like my teammates, like just seems like year after year were coming to me for advice or just like, um, like different perspectives and like different ways to like approach situations with coaches or GMs or like just anything really. And so it was really important for me to like get educated on that as to have how to have those conversations and how to give people the tools that I feel like are really important on and off of the field. Um, and so I, I don't know, I guess it's just like, I found myself in that position and wanted to feel more comfortable, like giving that information. So I really want to get educated around it. Is there one thing that sticks out in your mind that a lot of players have had struggles with or needed help with? Like, is there any like one piece of advice you can give our listeners who like a tool for them um, that you could think of? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me over my career, not only as a pro, but like really at all level is like finding a way to have open communication with my coaches. And I feel like a lot of times players, especially in youth, um, are like, so like, this is the coach and I'm the player. So there's one way communication and it shouldn't go like, I just need to shut up and listen. And that's not the way that it should be. Like a coach is here to help bring out the best in you, not to tell you what to do all of the time. Um, And so I think that was something that I like really honed in on as a youth and continued through my college years. I've always had really great relationships with my coaches. And I think it's really because I've um, tried to set the stage for like a respectful, like duck two-way communication. So that would be my biggest thing is like meet your coaches as humans and not just as coaches. I love that you brought that up because it's so true. Like when in the past, I feel like we grew up thinking the coach is the authoritative figure. The captain is the authoritative figure. Everyone else just has to do what they want. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's so the opposite. It's very Mm -hmm. much a partnership. And it's all about like the way that you're communicating with each other. So you're on the same page and everyone feels so good and confident, you know, Mm -hmm. and do you, have you noticed that like, you are just very good at communicating with other people and with, with your coach or yeah. Um, my, uh, my undergrad was communication studies. Um, I I don't know why I've always been so interested in this, maybe because I come from a family of, I have nine siblings so like communication wow. really matters. <laughs> um, but I just found that like, I think I started using humor as an avenue at first and like 
I didn't really know how it would land. And then like my coaches started like using humor back and I'm like, Oh snaps. Okay. Like this feels good. Like it feels like it's a way to connect and build a relationship so that when hard stuff does come up, it's not like I've never spoken to you before and I don't know how to talk to you, but I like have to build up this whole like confidence to come talk to you when it really shouldn't be that way. Um, so I think I'll, I'll thank my parents for teaching me that communication is important. <laughs> it for sure is. And it makes me think about how soccer girl probs was just th- that like all humor. And then like the humor allowed everyone to connect more and then talk about like more serious things and bring up other things because it's just the connection there is just important and it makes you feel safe and comfortable and Yeah, I think everything that you're saying is just so refreshing. And it's like definitely something that all of our listeners should take away, like just the communication aspect and then knowing it is a partnership and everyone should be communicating. So you're all on the same page and feel good about, you know, what you're doing with the team. Nine siblings. So did anyone else play soccer? (laughs) Um, Everybody's first sport was soccer. Wow. You're like a whole squad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we used to always say that. We'd be like, Johnson's versus everybody. Let's go eat <laughs> outside. That's awesome. But I very much grew, in a, grew up in a time where, like, you go play outside. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, like, where my love for the game really grew is, like, just my brothers, like, knocking me on the ground. And I'm, like, tackling them. And, like, you know, it probably ended, like, 20 to 1. But I got my 1. <laughs> and we still do that, like, as a family. Anytime we're together, we're like, all right, who's bringing the games? And it always ends with the soccer game. I love that. That's so yeah. cool. That's fun. Um, did you, and did you play other sports growing up, too? Like, you played everything? Yeah, pretty much played basketball and was not good at it. All I could do was rebound or steals, (laughs) but my shooting was terrible. Um, Played volleyball, ran track, um, and decided to go with the jumpers anytime it was longer than like a 400. Um, (laughs) But yeah, really grew up just competing a lot, playing a lot of sports. When did you know that you wanted to play play soccer professionally? Um, people always ask me this and I have two answers. The first is one that just got brought to my attention because, um, in prepping for the world cup or I'm sorry for the Olympics, we had a bunch of like just preliminary rounds to get through. And my dad found, a something that I guess I had written in second grade. And it said, when I grow up, I want to be, and it said an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Um, dang. Okay. Like, that's cool. I'm still not an Olympic athlete. It's not off the list yet. Um, but I guess I knew kind of early on that I wanted to be an athlete. Um, and then, as like a pro, I really didn't think it was a thing. Like I put my name in the draft as a senior, but on draft day, I completely forgot about it. I was in an interview for an internship and came out of my internship and had like 75 text messages. I thought somebody like passed or something. Oh I was God. like, what's going on? <laughs> Check my message and everybody's like, congrats. And I'm like, oh snap, I did put my name into Wait, the This is wild. I've never, never heard that. I've never heard that. <laughs> I'm not over this. Oh, okay, we need to back up a few steps. How, or how much earlier did you put your name in? Was that like, like it was during um, winter break? 
And so I, I literally did it like 2 a.m. I was just like, oh, like, let me I just, <laughs> yeah, like nobody's going to pick me up from Kansas. You know, I was so used to seeing all these like UNC girls and like all that junk mm-hmm. um, happening. So I was just like, let me just put my name in here, see what happens. It was literally name, position, school. That's all. And so I was like, I don't, I just forgot about it and started planning like how I was going to live my life once I graduated. Did you you poke your head back in the interview door and be like, never mind, bye. (laughs) Yeah, to the internship interview. What's that? Did you have to like go back into the interview for the internship and be like, just kidding. No, but I did get it. So I had to email them like, I actually won't be there. <laughs> Hold my spot. I regret to case. inform you that I deny this. That's the last yeah. I know I said I would put my all into this, but just kidding. Yeah. I like called my parents and I was like, hey, so like I got drafted in my dad's like, what do you mean? Like thought it was like a military draft or something. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh no. So like, I'm going to go play pro soccer. Oh my gosh. That's so right my favorite draft story yet this yeah. is yeah all right so that that ever tells like if you ever needed a sign to stop overthinking it this is like a sign anyone that's listening because that would normally be something that people would like stress their brains out about even entering and then be all up in the air about will i be chosen will i not what's yeah. my fallback plan whatever and life is just kind of taking you where you were meant to be I think so. I'm learning that, honestly, like that's actually something that is part of my like mental development right now is like really like manifesting things and just going out and doing what I want to do and doors will open. And if they don't open, those were not the doors that were made for me. So I'm very much on that wave. But anybody who knows me knows that that draft story is like so typical of me. I'm just like, I'm just going to put my name here and then I'll be over here. <laughs> That's amazing. So, crazy. <laughs> so how long were you in the league before you decided that you were going to, well, I know I kind of read a little bit about your story that you were watching the world cup and then you decided that you wanted to play for the national team. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think I, I was playing for the spirit at this time. I think it was 2015. Um, and I didn't even know Cameroon was in the world cup. Like, like I said, I'm very lax. (laughs) Um, and like, obviously like everybody wants to watch this tournament. So we were watching games like constantly. And I just started like the second I found out they were in it, I was like, snaps, these are my sisters. Like, let me, let me check this out. I grew up obviously here in the States, but like my parents were always like, you're Cameroonian. And I'm like, yes, I am type of thing. So I've always like had that pride, but like I grew up here, so didn't really feel too connected to it. Um, but just made sure I watched all their games and I was just so, so impressed at like the passion and like, you know, when you're in those types of tournament, it's all passion. Everybody's good. So it's really like who wants it more that day and who's willing to do whatever it takes. And I just, saw that in them. Um, and from then on, I was like, I need to play for this team. Like that looks lit. <laughs> that is so cool. So then like after that, how long was it after that world cup that then you were on the team? Like, what was that like? 
Oh, it took me forever to get in touch with anybody. That's like nice. I've had, I sent so many emails like to anybody like coaches that were listed on websites as the coaches. And like, um, I contacted people on Instagram, like, Hey, I think you're a part of this team. Like, can you hook me up with tryout girl? <laughs> um, that kind of Avenue. I went to Trinidad and Tobago for a, um, like just to do some coaching and stuff and met this guy who knew this woman <laughs> who worked at FIFA. And so I told him like, I've always wanted to play for the Cameroonian team. And he was like, you're definitely good enough. Like, why haven't you? And I'm like, I can't get a hold of anybody. And so I think it was two things. He contacted his friend who contacted the coach. And then I played with Franny Ortega, who's on the Nigerian team. And I contacted her to contact one of the captains of the team. So I was like, I'm going to get on this team before this World Cup. Um, but I didn't hear anything back until maybe March of 2019. Um, and it, was, it just flew from there. They're like, all right, like if you want to come, you have to come try out. So you have to come early. You have to get permission from your club to like just release you. And at the time, Denise Reddy was our coach and ha we had a great relationship. And she was just like, I'm not going to stand in your way at possibly getting on this team. So I went out to Cameroon for the first time in like 29 years. Um, I want to say early May, like six weeks before the tournament started. That's and crazy. This, yeah, hit the ground running. Well, I know when I first got there, they were like, who is this chick? She's terrible. It was so hot. <laughs> like I had no energy. Like I wasn't used to like the food, the weather. Like I was trash when we first got there. Um, but slowly, like as I got comfortable, I started to like be able to play and then made the team miraculously. <laughs> I literally can't get over this. Yeah, so in six weeks you went there and then you literally were playing in the World Cup. Yeah, so it was like, pack your bags. You'll either be gone for two weeks and we'll cut you or you'll play through the whole World Cup. So yeah. I packed a big old bag, told my parents, you can buy tickets, like plane tickets to come see me play in France, but it that's y'all's decision. Like if I don't make the team, I'm not going to feel bad that you guys made, like <laughs> I have enough pressure on me right now. Oh and so God. they were like, you're going to make the team. We're buying our tickets. I'm like, okay, whatever. We're manifesting it too. It blows my mind how like you worked so hard to, it, it was going to happen for you because you were so <laughs> determined. You were like, I just need to talk to the right person. Like, <laughs> I just love that. Like you, even just the universe, the universe like brought it all together for you. Cause like you went. Yeah you know, in one direction and then met someone who knew someone. And I just mm -hmm. feel like it's just so cool to hear your story. It's very unconventional, but so amazing because you're, you played in a world cup. I mean, how did that feel to represent Cameroon while you were there and play? Oh my gosh. The emotions were at an all time high. I like am usually pretty emotionally stable, but I was not like, <laughs> I definitely was not. You didn't have time. You had like two weeks to, to emotionally <laughs> pull it together. I know. But like, I, um, I was talking to one of my teammates recently about like the national anthem and like how that is really my time to like think 
about how grateful I am to have this opportunity and how this many people get to experience this. And it like, I, I was definitely emotional going into like warmups and stuff, but that time during the Anthem, just like incredible, just thinking about how lucky I am and how hard I've worked to get here and how just what you said, like everything really came together at the right moment to make this opportunity happen for me. And so just a lot of gratitude and People always ask me, like, how nervous were you playing? And I'm like, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous at all. I was just so at peace with the fact that, like, I get to do this. This is something that I've been dreaming about forever. And a lot of people don't get to say that they've experienced this. So no nerves. I'm just going to go out and, like, do everything I can to get this country some wins. Because they really, really, like, as a country, really embrace me. That is so cool. That's yeah. amazing. I want to go back and watch you turn the anthem. I'm going to, I'm going to find it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, so zoned out. Like, <laughs> that is so cool. That's amazing. What, um, what, what kind of legacy do you want to leave on the field for players who are in Cameroon or here, or just in general? Like, is there something that you hope to leave after you're retired, like down the line? Like what do you want to be remembered for? Um, I just want to be remembered as like a good teammate, honestly, like I really don't give a shit about like how well I played and like all that stuff, like all, obviously that's, what's like keeping me on the field, but I just want to be remembered as like somebody who was encouraging Mm -hmm. and like never, never beat anybody down that's totally not my style. I don't think it's helpful at all. Um, I think I hold my teammates to a very high standard, but they know that it's like, it's coming from a great place. And I think that's why I'm able to say the shit that I do, (laughs) you know, it's like, they know that it's all coming from love and like a genuinely want for us all to win. And I think that's what I would leave like with Cameroon is like, there I'm coming from a very different place. I'm definitely coming from a place of privilege and I don't want to be seen as like the person that like took this, just came and like showed up and like, didn't care. Like, and I really don't think that I am that person. I think the more time that my teammates spend with me, they see that like, I just want everybody to win Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to do everything that I can to make sure that that happens. So Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. It definitely (laughs) does. And I got that vibe when you were talking about how, when you were playing for Cameroon, all you wanted was for the team to win, like for the team to get their name on the map and to have that, you know, success while there. And I just like got that vibe before you even said that. So that's a fantastic answer. And we can already say that you are definitely known for that now and will be down the line. Like when you, when you end up leaving the game. Thank you. Um, okay, so just to wrap up, we play Would You Rather. So it's just a couple of oh, little Lord. answers that you have to give you, or you could take your time, whatever, but <laughs> um, they're really fun. So Shannon, why don't you kick it off? Sure. Would you rather be really good at cooking or really good at an instrument? Cooking. Are you, are you a good cook? 
Oh no. <laughs> you really want to become one. But I love to eat. Nice. What would you want to learn to cook? Is there a certain cuisine or like certain food? Yeah. I mean, I love African food. My mom grew up feeding us that. And like my mom's an incredible cook. She makes all types of food, like Asian food, like all types of food. But when she makes a good like peanut sauce. It sounds so good right now. It's fire. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Would you rather be able to sing or dance? We always fight about this, but my answer will always be sing. Um, I thought I was going to be the next Mariah Carey. I'll just say it. (laughs) (laughs) So did I. It didn't quite work (laughs) out that way. <laughs> but my little sister's like an incredible singer, and I'm always on her. I'm like, why are you playing? Like, if you're not going to use it, send it over here. I will be yeah. trying out for American Idol. Serious. <laughs> I love that. Um, would you rather have an unlimited amount of sneakers or hoodies? Ooh, ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go sneakers. Nice. I would have said hoodies in a l- other life, but like the amount of hoodies I have is ridiculous. So <laughs> I'm going to go with sneakers. I need to up my <laughs> Every once in a while I go through and I like, I'm like, make yourself donate three. And I literally can't like, <laughs> I'm looking at the pile. I'm like, this is excessive. And I don't even wear half these half the time, but I am having such a hard time letting go of three. It's all yeah. that organized. They all just fall for me. <laughs> no, the piles, forget it. Uh, it's like comfort. Yeah. But I can't wear my comfy ones like out. Yeah, so yeah. There's a time and place oh. for each hoodie. Like yeah. exactly. No one else get that gets this besides soccer players. It's true. <laughs> Would you rather spend your day at the gym or on the field? Oh, I mean, obviously on the field, but I love like lifting weights. Um, I don't like having to lift weights during season. <laughs> it's yeah. like one or the other for me. Yes. Like it's off season and we're lifting or it's in season and we're playing. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather sweet or salty? Sweet. What's your favorite? Potato, I'm a potato chip chick, but at, after the chips, you have to end with the sweet. So yeah. <laughs> <So> both. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you have a day off. It's a miracle. Are you binging a good book or binging a good TV show? <sighs> TV show. Yeah. Are I go watching? through very like spells where I'm like, I'm going to read and I'm going to be responsible. <laughs> be like the new Netflix series. And I'm like, throw the book away. Yeah. <laughs> Burn the book. <laughs> yeah. are, are you watching anything good right now? Uh, not really. I'm waiting for the bachelorette to start. I know. I need paradise. I we- know. What happened? Did they skip it? No, I think they're filming it like now, actually. I think oh. Jesse's the host and I think, um, Wells is going to be the, um, bartender again. Nice. <laughs> we just have to be, you know, patient, which I'm not. <laughs> this last season was my favorite to watch because, um, I was like, a couple emails into being cast on one of these. No, I was just going to say, I could totally see you being like the bachelorette. 
though, like this last season, I'm like, all right, who was my competition? Who beat me out for this? <laughs> but now I get it. Like Clayton was not the one for me. No, nah, <laughs> I got his. Yeah. That, door, that door was closed for a reason, but maybe, yeah. maybe it'll open. There we go. There we go. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool. Well, if you ever go on it, please let us know. I will. First phone call. <laughs> <laughs> when you're legally allowed to tell people yeah. that you're on. Right. <laughs> um, who's would you rather go to space or go in a submarine? Oh, for sure, space. Yeah. I don't I don't do deep waters. plus there's nothing down there anyway i mean there is there is but when i just saw will smith's like um documentary when he went down i don't know if you guys saw it he went in the submarine and they went so far down there was literally like nothing it's crazy you could see right that's i think there's too much down there and i don't know (laughs) but they can't get low enough because the submarine will explode <laughs> that'd be tough all right anxiety um would you rather stay in or go out oh ooh, is it summer or winter <laughs> it's summer that's up to you now. all right summertime i'm out trying okay. to have hot girl summer yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for hot girl summer <laughs> when you go out are you getting salsa or guac Ooh. So both isn't an option. Um, guac. I love avocados. Like I put them in my smoothies. I just eat them with a spoon. So it's avocados for me. So well, good. I, guys, I my avocado tree just produced its first two avocados. Oh, yay. Are they small yeah. or are they like bit they're bigger? I'll show you as we go. I'll but I mean them. they're free. They're free. That's the best part. Avocados are so expensive. I know. Do you- you can't afford avocado no. gas. No so expensive. This is this is the new guy. Ah, oh, oh. Well. it's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Look at my avocado. Maybe at your game next week. If he's not totally rotted, I'll bring him. <laughs> Girl, you know that thing about me. I'm avocado at halftime. <laughs> I'm going to be eating it. I got on the airplane, but I'll try. I'll, if another one comes, I'll, I'll pull it down. <laughs> Uh, would you rather do the beep test or timed mile oh my gosh uh. <laughs> that's hard that's really hard I always do terrible on the beep test but I would choose beep test because distance is not my friend oh my yep I'm the same way no thanks on the mile Yeah, and they expect you to run it fast you're like for a whole mile, like yeah. a sub six mile is literally my nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. No <Yep>. way. <laughs> okay, and then we have one final question. What is your biggest soccer girl problem? Oh, I should have been prepared for this. Um, my biggest soccer girl problem is finding the right undies. Oh yeah, we haven't heard this one yet. Nope. Yeah, it's like uh, wait, you know, wait, to oh, play in, to play in, to play in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I no, agree. Go on a date. No, that's the way. No, literally, I was just thinking, like, does she mean just because, like, your soccer body type? Uh, I wasn't okay, sure. Okay. okay, but yeah, that is literally so true. Like, do, do you, you wear, wear soccer? Do you wear regular underwear, or do you 
don't wear underwear and you wear you wear uh, sliders. I can't or wear slides. Sliders. I don't know. I used to wear sliders in college, but like those are just uncomfortable. I can't wear yeah. sliders ever. They right? Rise up. They're just a bathing suit on me by the end. <laughs> they they make my shorts rise really high. Yeah. So I'm like, do you do the fold over where you fold the top of the slider over the shorts? Oh, I, I did that in high school. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. No, don't do that. I'm alone there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> is there a brand of, have you, you haven't found the undies yet? Um, I think if I had to choose, I'd go with like a Calvin Klein. That's thong. what I wear. I wear the Calvin Kleins. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. I can't. And like normal, normal undies, I'm always picking a wedgie. Yeah. It's a and thing. you don't want to do that on the field. I mean, usually yeah. soccer girls don't care, but when you're like on TV, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't really want to do that. Your stage when you do, pull your wedgie. Yeah. And it's always like after a slide tackle. So the one time the camera's on me, yeah. and I'm like picking yeah. my wedgie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is such a good one that we've never talked about. That was a good one. Wow. <laughs> Exactly. I want to poll everyone because I think thongs are so uncomfortable to play in. Really? No. Oh my God. They're the only way. No, Straight they are. Kind of I don't have a kind regular. They oh, don't like a short. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's me too. No wedgies? Like not, this, we good. need to put this on soccer probs. Yeah. We do. Oh, we're yeah. going to put it out when we post this podcast. We're going to do play. some really important work. Yeah. So well, the problem with. The, the problem with the thongs is that some materials are so see-through that like the second I walk out on the pitch, I'm like, everyone is seeing all my goodies, like yeah. every, <laughs> <laughs> but there's no other way. There's no other option. Or pick my wedgie the whole game. <laughs> These are problems. I think we have to collab on a soccer girl underwear and that's not <laughs> an issue. Yeah. yeah. Game day undies. Yes. Game day undies. <laughs> Well, Estelle, thank you so much for coming on. This was so awesome. And we're just so excited to see you play next week and give you an avocado. And we're going to find your <laughs> underwear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It was great to actually meet the brains behind the brand. Are you scared now? <laughs> no, I'm about to go like all y'all's <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Can't wait to see you play. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch about sending you that stuff. Okay, great. So, have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.